You are listening to WHUPLP Hillsboro. My name is Gilbert Neal. This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. I'd like to thank Dan Friedman at WCOM for hosting my little performance at full, at uh, in uh, Carborough today. I did uh, an hour of talking about love and life and songwriting. Even played a couple of my songs. Although I was not really prepared because I really don't like playing. I like writing. I like recording. I really don't like playing live. I just don't. Anyhow, thank you, Dan, for hosting me. And I guess I'll see you around May when my album comes out. Huzzah. So, today's show is a hodgepodge of stuff. And I'll be playing you some Dave Clark 5, some other stuff, and one song in particular that got covered a lot when it was released. Not so much now, and people who hear it mistake it for something else, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, the rock and roll.
This is Dick Strout reporting from Hollywood. To the obvious delight of millions of teenage fans, the Monkees have made their first movie. And it may well be the wildest movie ever to come out of Hollywood. For example, Columbia Pictures' publicity chief, faced with describing the storyline for production preview notes, was forced to condense the story into one sentence. Well, he wrote, it's not a remake of Magnificent Obsession. If you're confused, wait until you hear the title. The Monkees call it Head. We went to two of the fabulous Monkees co-stars to find out first what the story is about and second, what kind of madness prevailed working with the Monkees. Annette Funicello plays her first mod farce role as the girl who begs talented violinist Davy Jones not to go into the prize fight game. The part is a takeoff on movies of the 30s and features a wild assortment of guest stars, including Sonny Liston. Well, first you see us as um, a little boy and girl, and he's just learning to play the violin. And then it's kind of a flashback after he's gone on fighting, and I'm crying and crying and pleading with him, please don't fight, you'll hurt your hands. And, you know, it really is a takeoff on the, the old picture. I saw them start to film it, and um, I can remember Davy walking up to, to Sonny Liston, and he said, please, just don't hurt me. He said, even your handshake is going to hurt me. He said, please, just take it easy. Remember, this is only joking. And, of course, Sonny was just huge, and Davy Jones is so tiny. And it, it really was very funny. Besides the ex-heavyweight boxing champion, The Monkees' first film will feature all-pro football star Ray Nitsky of the Green Bay Packers. Victor Mature playing the part of Victor Mature, and the subject of two Esquire magazine articles, Tough Man, Timothy Carey. We found Kerry in his ranch home and asked about the title and the script. Well, I believe they had an original title. Uh, the original one was Changes, and had to change that because someone else had that title. And uh, it's, uh, you, you really can't describe the uh, picture. I read the script, and actually, uh, it's uh, the most uh, bizarre uh, film, a story I ever read before, each page is another movie. It's uh, quite uh, unique. I, I've never really uh, been involved. I've worked in films before, but never quite as, uh, as uh, unique as this one. Uh, it's a very hard film to describe. You know, people say, well, go ahead and see the film. You'll find out this is usually a uh, uh, promotional stunt or something. But in this picture, I played a, uh, about four different characters. And I didn't know what I was doing uh, most of the time. Mickey Dolenz, Davy Jones, Mike Nesmith, and Peter Tork are the monkeys. And while their own identities have to some extent been submerged beneath the overall fame of the monkeys group, the new Columbia Pictures feature will serve to bring their individuality as well as their group image to the large screen. The fantastic story of four unknown young men brought together by producers Bert Schneider and Robert Raffleson seems incongruous in light of the rapport that exists between them. A rapport that augurs well for mischievous fun. Uh, these monkeys, you know, to be honest, uh, <laughs> they're not the most disciplined actors. I remember Davey, uh, uh, one of the actors, he had to get a haircut right in the middle of the scene. <laughs> and uh, uh, three of the other actors, they had to walk someplace on top of the roof to get inspired. Uh, uh, they lost the feel of it, and they just walked off, and they, 
They uh, they came back about an hour later, much to the dismay of the assistant director, who who couldn't quite grasp. The, they had to replace four assistant directors. They had they broke down. They just couldn't take it any longer because of the monkeys' antics and carrying on. I mean, it was just it was just impossible sometimes. But of course, this is the monkeys, and this is what makes the talent so so unique and so great. It was uh, strictly the, a picture for the monkeys. I'm sure their fans all over the world will. Uh, really love this show, you know, because it's so, so outstanding. It makes uh, uh, Tiny Tim look like a Sunday school teacher. I had met Mickey years and years ago when he was doing Circus Boy, but the others I had never met before, and I, I just flipped over them. The first day I was on the set, they were so friendly, and they, they really made me feel welcome, and I had a ball working with them. Lovely Annette Funicello, grown into a beautiful young woman since her days under contract to Walt Disney, makes her first motion picture for Columbia with her part in Head. Now a housewife and mother, she makes all Mouseketeer fans feel very, very old. I married my agent, Jack Gillardi, and um, we dated for about a year before we got married. And we have a darling little two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Her name is Gina Lurie, and she's very, very sweet. Annette makes a strict point of being a good mother and must be very selective in choosing roles. Jack has brought home quite a few scripts, and it seems like everything calls for location or nude scenes. And, of course, I won't do either of these. Uh, I just don't want to be away from home. I love being a mother and a housewife, and I just want to work occasionally if it doesn't take me out of town. Head was to be shot in Southern California, and so Annette agreed to take the part. As the movie progressed with its multiplicity of plots and happenings, it was essential that the shooting crews remain in close touch with the studios. They shot the picture, and then they had to stop shooting it for a certain period of time because they had to get all the film together. The editor couldn't keep up with them. All of a sudden, you see the monkeys out in the plane, and they're being carried in a box, and the plane is carrying them underneath this box. And all of a sudden, one of the monkeys starts playing a violin, very sweet, melodious music. And uh, then there's a murder takes place, and uh, they're running in and out. You see, there's one scene especially that's fantastic. They're doing a scene. They're inside a studio. And in the middle of the scene, they're being attacked by Indians. The, the monkeys are acting the scene out. They have a director there and so forth. And the arrows are going in. Uh, 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 one of the monkeys, Mike Nesbeth, and uh, he just uh, he says, Oh, hold it. He said, This is finished. I'm tired of this. Uh, uh, studio work, acting and everything. Uh, I want to go back to reality. I don't want to bother me. He starts taking the arrows out and he walks off and he walks right through the set. They have a, they have a uh, uh, mural there, you know, like, and he walks right through and all everybody, the extras are all sitting there and all the Indians get up because they've been shot, you know. And so it's, it's a weird, it's a, it's a beautiful made film. If you, if, if you can follow it, I'm sure if you're a, a monkey's uh, fan, then, uh, you know, it's right up your alley. Timothy Carey has been what Hollywood calls a heavy for years and has a reputation unmatched in American cinema. Uh, most of my roles, I've tried to make them diversified. In uh, trying to make them diversified, I, I didn't get along with certain directors. Unfortunately, I hold the all-time record. I'm not proud of it, but it's a fact. I was asked to leave the set five times in a row. I guess I didn't read that book, How to Make Friends and Influence People. But uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm the scourge of Hollywood. When uh, I remember an agent said to me, and it's the truth, when he mentioned my name to some casting director, the casting director just fell across the director's lap and fainted. <laughs> he was so shocked by the fact that I mentioned Timothy Carey, you know. Well, I want to 
But I've been getting along with people now. I've been, uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, sitting in my dressing room, getting ready for the scene. And uh, as I told one of the assistant directors on my last picture, he gave me a very small dressing room. And I said, you don't know my kiss history as an actor, do you? And then right away, I got a better dressing room. These two fellows <clears throat> wrote an article about me, David Newman and Robert Benton. Uh, these are the fellows who wrote the uh, exciting picture, Barney and Clyde. And uh, much to my surprise, my brother called me up from New York back in 1965 and, and said, Tim, uh, you're in Esquire. I said, you're kidding. I said, who do they want me in Esquire for? Anyway, the picture of John Wayne and a picture of myself. And uh, the caption above it was, uh, the old sentimentality versus the new sentimentality. Under John Wayne's picture, had old sentimentality. Under mine, had new sentimentality. And they said, it happens that uh, uh, an actor, uh, and they said a, a bit actor, too, which I didn't like. They said that Tim Carey is our new underground celebrity. They said I was dirty. Now, <laughs> they said I was uncouth. One wonders what is up the monkey's sleeve and head when they have cast the scourge of Hollywood and the girl who 13 years ago received letters saying, Dear little girl, second from the left in the back row, I love you. We asked Annette what it was like to be a Mouseketeer for Walt Disney. Well, from the first day that I started working at the studio, um, of course, I was scared to death. It was my first professional job. And he was really like a second father to me. I, I loved him. I, I just had so much admiration for the man, and he was always so wonderful to us. You could tell that he, he just loved kids, and um, he'd do anything in the world for them. And as I say, he was actually a second father to me. We asked Timothy Carey in summary what one thing was the best recommendation for Head. Carey said it was simply the unrehearsed comic genius of the monkeys, which even went on behind the scenes. I remember the day when we were over there, they, oh, they, they were lighting, uh, one of them uh, saw the uh, sprinklers up on the ceiling, you know, in the studios have these sprinklers. And the they one that came up and lit a match, and we all got a shower that day. All the water came down. <laughs> the monkeys would hide the film, and we'd have to stop production. <laughs> Some of the scenes are just that wild and seemingly undisciplined. But behind the facade of free license, there is actually intense discipline both in the performances and the direction. The picture is, in short, a movie, the likes of which has not been seen on the big screen before. Head, starring the monkeys, Annette Funicello, Timothy Carey, Victor Mature, Sonny Liston, and Ray Nitsky. As for the story, well, it's not a remake of Magnificent Obsession. This has been Dick Strout reporting from Hollywood. You can be here by 4.30 Cause I'll make your reservation Don't be slow Oh, no, no, no Oh, no, no, no Cause I'm leaving in the morning And I must see you again We'll have one more night together Till the morning brings my dream And I must go Oh, no, no, no Oh, no, no, no and I don't know if I'm ever coming home Take the last train to Clarksville I'll be 
waiting at the station. Well, I've tried those party flavored kisses and a bit of conversation. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Take the last train to Clarksville Now I must hang up the phone I can't hear you in this noisy railroad station All alone, I'm feeling low Oh, no, no, no Oh, no, no, no And I don't know if I'm ever coming home Take the last train to Clarksville And I'll meet you at the station You can be here by 4.30 Cause I'll make your reservation Don't be slow Oh, no, no, no Oh, no, no, no Take the last train to Clarksville Take the last train to Clarksville This is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities on WHUP. I'm Gilbert Neal. We started off that set with a band called The Killjoys. And the song was Naive from 1977. C. what happened is the Sex Pistols and uh, the Malcolm McLaren and the Sex Pistols came out with their debut. Made quite a splash. So it was like Beatlemania again, because when the Beatles came out, many, 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 many bands thought, well, if they can do it, we can do it. Finding out that, no, they could not. But they tried. And so it was with punk. When the Sex Pistols came out, every band in the UK thought, well, it's time for us to be punk. And so it was with the Killjoys. Do you recognize the person singing that song? No, of course you don't. It's Kevin Rowland from Dexy's Midnight Runners, that band that had that big hit, Come On Eileen, that I hear in Harris Teeter all the time. Come on, Eileen. You know, that's how it goes. So as a young musician, that's what you had to do. Some people just did what they had to do, and that was that. And if you don't believe me, get on the YouTube, look up Kevin Rowland, Concrete and Clay. Concrete and Clay. Kevin Rowland. Just do it. After that, a promo, a radio promo for... The Monkeys movie Head from 1968. A psychedelic romp. 
if you get a chance to see that movie, well, you, you watch it once. Because even with all its psychedelic trappings and revolutionary intent, it is a hard movie to finish. Not because it's gory or violent or anything like that. It's just dull. But the monkeys were trying to keep going. And that movie was pretty much the end more than the beginning of that phase. And uh, featured Ray Nitschke of the Green Bay Packers and Annette Funicello. People of a certain age will remember Annette Funicello was in the Mouseketeers. The original Mouseketeers. And then she starred in many, many beach movies. What's a beach movie? Well, it all takes place on the beach. Pajama Party, Bikini Beach, Muscle Beach Party, Beach Party. <laughs> the Monkey's Uncle, with theme sung by Annette Funicello and the Beach Boys. And the Monkey's Uncle Loves Me. Ski Party, How to Stuff a Wild Bikini. Dr. Goldfoot in the Bikini Machine. Thunder Alley. And then head. And she would not appear in another Muslim picture for, oh gosh, it was like 20 years. And then she was in Back to the Beach, which again teamed her with Frankie Avalon. Who was Frankie Avalon? He was in the movie Grease. He sang the, school, the song Beauty School Dropout. People of a certain age will remember. Harmless Fun. I happen to like one of her songs. She released a song called When You Get What You Want off the movie soundtrack Thunder Alley in 1967. And a guy named Timothy Carey, who was also in Bikini Beach, Beach Blanket Bingo. Um... He was in uh, the Elvis movie um, Change of Habit from 1969. The Boy and the Pirates, One-Eyed Jacks, The gun Gunfight at Dodge City, Minnie and Moskowitz, which was on HBO for a little while, Peeper, Speed Trap, Hard Knocks, DC Cab with Mr. T, Mr. T was quite the, ah, I'm going on and on and on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I could go on forever about this stuff. And then after that, you heard Last Train to Clarksville by probably Dave Clark and Friends featuring the great Mike Smith on vocals. Um, Dave Clark had been approached for a group, for the group, the Dave Clark Five, to do a TV show which became the Monkees. He turned it down because he did not see his band, the Dave Clark Five, acting on screen the way the four actors who formed the made-for-TV band called the Monkees had to act. And I agree. That, that, that group of guys could not probably do that. So it was probably a contractual obligation thing that Dave Clark did 
um, after 1970. I'm guessing 71 because the production just doesn't sound like the Dave Clark Five. It sounds more modern than that, but I know it was the Dave Clark, Dave Clark and Friends. Uh, I, I don't know that for sure, but all right, I'm going to shut up. This is going to be fun in a way, in a more important way, not at all. เล่นฉันจะร้องเป็นทำนองเพลงกล่อมใจทั้งกลางคืนและกลางวันฝากเสียงฉันลอยล่องไปเพื่อกล่อมใจลาลาลาลาลาลาลาลาลาลาลาล
so much to talk about, you and me. We started this set with with a singer from Thailand named Gunga Dan. Well, I think the Americans probably named him Gunga Dan. I, I don't know. I, this was released in Thailand, not here. Uh, the song is translated as I Will Sing. And from, I don't know what the year is, but I thought you'd like to hear it. You know, you and me. After that, a uh, recording artist named Alice Svoboda with a song that she wrote called Potter's Field from 1972. She released two singles in her life, and that's it. Even though she was a songwriter of some talent, you can tell by that song and the others. And um, it appears on the Oxford American Music of Georgia CD album, whatever. Uh, pretty good. I'm glad glad I got to play that. Um, after that, Archie Bell and the Drells from 1975 in a song called Let's Groove. You remember Archie Bell and the Drells, don't you? They sang that song, Hi, I'm Archie Bell, and these are the Drells, and let's... Tighten up, you know, tighten up. Let's all tighten up. <sighs> With all the crowd noises and stuff, neat. Uh, the album went to number one on the U.S. R&B charts, and the song went to number one in the United States. Um, they never went to number one again. But the song you heard... Reached uh, seven in the R&B charts. The single reached number seven. This was the highest charting album of their career from 1975. It's called Dance Your Troubles Away. But, you know, hey, guys, I like this song and everything, but why don't you do that I'm Archie Bell and the Drells thing? To remind people, you know, that you're Archie Bell and these are the Drells, you know. That came from 68, 1968, and uh, this was 75. <sighs> After that, you remember that song. You, you recognize that song, don't you? The two of you? Called Bond Street from the movie Casino Royale in 1967, the James Bond movie. Now, I don't really like James Bond movies. I never did. I liked Live and Let Die because Paul McCartney did that one song. But since then, you know, I saw, a, a what is it, a, a View to a Kill. I saw that. Eh. I like Roger Moore. So, the director of this movie, let's see, five different directors helmed different segments of the film, and stunt coordinator Richard Talmadge co-directed the final sequence. Uh, but <clears throat> Peter Sellers, Orson Welles, 
George Raft. But the real star of the movie is the soundtrack. Written by Burke Bacharach, who you know from many, 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 many hits in the 60s and 70s and 80s. But he wrote soundtracks, too. And the soundtrack that he wrote for this movie had a breakout hit. Had two breakout hits. This was one of them I played. Because it was a catchy little instrumental bopper. Kids loved. And uh, that cover you just heard was by Doc Severinsen. Doc Severinsen was the band leader for The Tonight Show featuring Johnny Carson. He of the wacky dinner jackets and mustache. Hep. He a hep, hep guy. But more importantly... The song that Dusty Springfield, Dusty Springfield sang was The Look of Love. And you know that song. Well, it's from a soundtrack that Bart Bacharach wrote. You know that song, right? The look of love is in your eyes. A look. Something. And Woody Allen was in this movie, too. So if you have a, in, an insatiable desire to see Woody Allen then please see this movie. But I don't really, you know. Uh-uh. Bond Street. Neat little song.
it's guest time. And here are a couple of friends of mine that you've seen for years uh, all over the country in concerts and certainly from the great hit show Hee Haw. Without further ado, here are the Hagers. I want to thank you. Takes a water dough and he flops it on the table, makes it flat and brown, and parts it with a ladle of tomato sauce. Spreads it real thick and sweet. Yum, yum. And he gets a big fist full of mozzarella cheese, and he spreads it around with some anchovies. Green peppers and onions and mushrooms and a little ground beef. And then he shoves it on the shovel and slides it in the oven with tender love and care. And then it dances around while the tongues hang out And the smell of heaven fills the air Oh, tell me The tall home of dancing beats a man Make me the juiciest pizza in the land Hey, I'm no penny pitcher But give me that big 16-incher Make it to go. The home of dancing beats a man. The home of dancing beats a man. Oh, well, we stayed in the booth for less than a quarter of an hour And out of the oven like a giant sunflower It comes all steaming and bubbling with this groovy cheese Oh, well, he takes his round knife and he cuts it and slices And he puts it in a box and tells me the prices are $3.99 I gave him a five, I got a dollar and change <laughs> Well, I was tempted to eat it on the front seat It smells so good I could hardly drive I said, excuse me, please, but I gotta have a piece of that scrumptious pizza pie. Here you go. I'm getting hungry, too. The taller home of dancing pizza man. Make me the juiciest pizza in the land. Hey, I'm no penny pitcher. Give me that big 16-incher.
Yeesh. Okay. Also, a lot of talking now I have to do because I have to explain what you just heard. So, Enoch Light, with his version of Bond Street from 1969. Now, you know Enoch Light because I play my favorite group of all time, uh, The Free Design, and Enoch Light produced those albums. And they recorded on the uh, Project 3 label, Enoch Light's label. Um, after that, a band from Brazil, Form, Formula 7, Formula uh, whatever 7 is in Brazil, with their version of Bond Street. Again, not bad. Um, after that, probably, maybe, maybe the worst song I've ever played on my show, um, The Haker Twins. On the Soupy Sales show the new soupy sales show from probably 1979 78 79 with a song called pizza man describing in vivid lugubrious detail what's coming out of that oven i'm no penny pincher but give me that 16 incher (laughs) and what makes it worse is that it was written by eddie rabbit who had a couple of pop hits in the late 70s, um, Driving My Life Away and I Love a Rainy Night. You know those songs because they still use them in commercials. Oh, I love rainy night. Maybe in the 80s, I don't know. But he, when he was probably struggling to get his songs uh, recorded, he wrote a song called Pizza Man. And the Hager twins performed it. <sighs> I have a Hager, Hager twins single, the one about the Olympics, the Los Angeles Olympics, talking about how ugly Russian women are. And after that, the People's Temple Choir. With song one on their 1973 album, which is impossible to find now, but has historical significance because the People's Temple welcomes all of you to join them and the good Reverend Jim Jones. And the whole album is replete with sunniness and happiness. But if you buy, I think it's available on CD somewhere where you can get the last track is actually inexplicably Jim Jones's um, speech as people are drinking the Kool-Aid and what he was saying to them as they did it. So if you are of a morbid countenance, you may enjoy that sort of thing. Of course, you're listening to me talking on a Saturday night, so you are already of a morbid countenance. This is Gilbert Neal and D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. (sighs) Yeah. 
This is WHUP LP Hillsboro.
that's good. Uh, that's good. Whatever it was. Started that set with another version of Bond Street by Lafayette from 1967. And then um, a Lazaro Salazar with R2-D2, actually spelled out A-R-T-U-D-I-T-U from 1978, a ripoff of the Zeitgeist, which was Star Wars. And then after that, Men Without Hats. And the single they released before their worldwide hit Safety Dance called Antarctica from 1982. I like that song. Not that song. That's Dross. But I like like the Safety Dance. It's kind of nice. You know, we could dance if we want to. We could dance. They're from Canada. They were from Canada, and I think they're still bouncing around somewhere. After that, uh, Mouth and McNeil with the first song off of their first album. The song was called ABC, and their hit in the United States was How Do You Do? which I remember playing on the radio. I mean, I wasn't born yet, but I do remember. How do you do? Uh-huh. People of a certain age will remember that song. Bouncing around their AM radios. Okay, and then after that, and this is a song that I played because um, I sort of hoped that Ken Ray Wildman would be here, but um, he's not... <clears throat> Uh, the Folk Swingers with Raga Rock, featuring Harihar Rao. I don't think he's related to our own Anita Rao. Late of WHUP, and now big star at WUNC. Um, but... The reason I say that about Ken Ray Wildman is because um, this was actually a bunch of studio cats playing Indian raga music to cash in. Larry Netchel, um, Tommy Tedesco, and Hal Blaine on drums. So just a bunch of guys making money, cash in, trying to cash in on the latest fad. I mean, not them, but... You know, there's there's things like Painted Black, Eight Miles High, Norwegian Wood, Along Comes Mary, Time Won't Let Me, Homeward Bound, Grim Reaper of Love. I don't know what that is. And Raga Rock, which I think is probably the only original song here. Who knows? Well, you know, it has come. Time has come for me to stop talking. Because I got to get to the store. Buy milk and eggs. Buy bread and milk before the big storm comes and disappoints us all. But I would like to leave you with a couple of tracks from the Richard Simmons album Reach from 1982. People of a certain age will remember Richard Simmons was a an early practitioner of the self 
help exercise craze. He was effervescent, always fun and encouraging and sensitive and nice. He often appeared on the Howard Stern show, much, much, and sub subjected himself to much derision on the part of Howard and Robin. But countless people got some inspirational advice and encouragement from Richard Simmons. I know that to be true. I was not one of them because I was not born yet, but I know people did get some inspiration from him. He he was out there. He is out there. I don't know if he's alive still. Is he alive? Well, whatever the case, um, people will remember his perm, his short shorts, his hand gestures, and his always, always, always preaching, advocating for physical fitness and not taking no for an answer. Anyway, um, so that's what I'm going to leave you with. I'm going to play some more music until about the top of the hour, maybe a little less. I don't know. Depends on how I feel. But uh, this is D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities. My name is Gilbert Neal. You're going to love this. You're going to love it.
down and breathe. You were fabulous today. I mean, you stretched and you sweat and you feel so good. And believe me when I say that this is the way to start each and every morning. You gotta take inventory. You gotta get yourself in a great mood. And, and you can do anything. You gotta surround yourself with positive people. And you gotta do these things for you. So, so why don't you just lay down? You got the time. is over. I want you to get up and I want you to remember how hard you worked for you today. Now go out there and have the greatest day of your life and I'll see you later.
Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, there are two theater audiences, the youngsters and the mature adults. There are numerous fine pictures made for your children. There are also many fine pictures made for the adult mind. I have just completed filming one of the most unusual pictures of its kind. It's such detailed horror and shocking realism that we feel that only the mature mind should see it. The picture is called The Body, the Body Shop. Shop. And in The Body, Body Shop. A completely new motion picture technique. It's called the Psychoshock Technique. It combines psychological mind bending with magical illusion. In simple language, it means this. We use trickery and illusion to fool the camera instead of using camera trickery to fool you. I think you'll be most amazed by this. Before you decide to see this picture, take just a few moments to reflect very seriously. Are you stable enough to see it? If you have any mental disorders, emotional disturbances or otherwise, maybe you better not see it. Unless you're absolutely sure that you can take one mind-shattering effect or shock after another, please do not see The Body Shock. Filmed in psychoshock technique. You will have to be able to constantly remind yourself that what you're seeing is only a motion picture and not for real. However, if you think that you can really take it, don't miss it. The Body Shock. How to make the perfect woman. baby go uptown police come they knock me down cocaine running all around my brain yonder comes my baby dressed in red got a shotgun says she's gonna kill me dead cocaine baby come here quick so cocaine about to make me sick cocaine running all around my brain going down a back street and up and down main looking for a girl who sells cocaine cocaine take Mary and I'll take Sue. Ain't no difference between the two. Cocaine running all around the brain. Yeah, baby. Come here quick. So cocaine about to make me sick. Cocaine One morning about half past four and cocaine knocking at my door. Cocaine. Cocaine's for horses, not for men. Say it's gonna kill me, but they don't say when. Cocaine. All around the brain. 
pocket, grab my poke. Note my pocket, says no more coke.
know some places and I see some faces I got good connections They dig my directions when people say that's okay They don't bother me I'm ready to make it Don't care what the weather Don't care about no trouble Got myself together I feel no kind of protection that's all around
are standing toe to toe. The man against the canyon, and the canyon seems to dare. Come jump me if you can. He gave a solemn word, and he knows he can't turn back now. He must face a test no man has ever known. song so well you know that was a guy by the name of john culleton mahoney singing the ballad of evil knievel from 1974 and the reason i remember that so well is because when i was a little baby that song used to play in buffalo all the time and um the reason for that might have been because this was released on the amherst record label and the amherst record label was um, owned by a fellow named Lenny Silver up in Buffalo, New York. And uh, Lenny uh, owned a chain of record stores. Let me take you back to my old days in Buffalo, New York. Maybe I can share a song or two, a story that might make you feel a little better about your own life. Anyway, uh, when I was a kid, I used to think the dream would be to work in a record store. And finally, remember last week when I was telling you about subletting all those apartments? Well, I had to pay somehow for these subletting apartments. And I had two jobs. One of them was um, soliciting funds and selling memberships to the Buffalo Philharmonic. Um, and the other job was working at Record Theater, which was this chain of record stores that Lenny Silver owned. And um, he was also the guy who signed Glenn Mendero's and convinced Bobby Brown to rap. Uh, that's another story entirely. So um, I interview at Record Theater, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be awesome. All day long, I'm exposed to these records albums. I can tell people all about Godly and Cream, and I can tell people all about... Uh, the Move and ELO and all this stuff and which solo albums by the Beatles you should buy. And 
I'll be like a connoisseur, and I'll know I'll know so much more than anybody who works here. So I go to go to the interview, and um, Lenny Silver sits me down and says, "So how much do you think you should be making an hour?" And I said, "Well, I was thinking maybe I could start at ten. And he said, "Well, how's five? And I said, "Okay." That was the minimum minimum wage, and so that's where I started. Come to find out very quickly that working in a record store is not fun because it has almost nothing to do with records and music. It has everything to do with selling stuff, with operating the cash register. And at the time, there was a ticket office in Record Theater, and I would have to run the tickets into this database. And I was I was an ape. I didn't know what I was doing. So these people would come up to me in the counter when I was doing ticket duty, which was something I dreaded. And uh, they'd say, well, I want front row seats to see The Whispers, or I want front row seats to see Bobby Brown, or I want front row seats to see uh, Anthrax or Leonard Skinner or whoever was coming through town. Uh, well, the fake Leonard Skinner. Anyway, and I had to go through this rigmarole, and it's really difficult. It's not like today when you have all these computers and stuff. Everything was paper. Anyway, I worked for Record Theater for a very, very brief amount of time and uh, got very disillusioned very quickly and stopped working there one day. I don't think they even noticed. Maybe they're still waiting for me. I don't know. Before that, Marvin Gaye from the um, Trouble Man soundtrack, T Plays It Cool. And before that, um, the opening credits to a movie that Walt Disney did called The Barefoot Executive featuring Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, here's a trivia question for you. What were Walt Disney's last words before he shuffled off his mortal coil? They were, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Can you imagine Walt Disney, a year, just, just a career that nobody had equaled, winning so many Academy Awards, and his last words were, Kurt Russell. You know, I hope my last words are to Kurt Russell. I can, I'm practicing now. They're not going to be Kurt Russell. I'm telling you. And they call her the unholy roller. But if you get to know her, maybe you find the lady that's hiding inside.
was awesome. That was Marvin Gaye and the theme from Trouble Man. Some people say I'm kind of a trouble man. Uh, Human Resources says that. Before that, a little slice of trivia. Thanks to my good friend Rick Runyon, who's also the man who came up with the name of this show. And he um, knew that the, 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 the movie Unholy Roller from 1972 was um was it Martin Scorsese one of his early movies Martin Scorsese uh I think edited it or produced it or something let me see what he did what did he do well Martin Scorsese did something to it and that's why we remember it's a, a gritty down and dirty roller derby movie from 1972 it predates um Kansas City Bombers with Raquel Welch and um Rollerball with James Kahn. Uh, Unholy Roller from 1972. The theme, Stay Away from Karen by Louie and the Rockets. Whatever happened to Louie and the Rockets? Well, this is Gilbert Neal, D-Sides, Orphans, and Oddities on WHUPFM.org. And we're winding down another beautiful, wonderful Saturday show. And this is the Begathon, so I'm asking you one more time. Please consider coming on our website, getting on our web, going on our appearing on our visiting our website at whupfm.org and making a contribution you know a cash like contribution and all your contributions are tax deductible hence the .org and we promise not to mine your data notify the thought police of your this is written for me thought police of your listening habits or otherwise invade your privacy or your privacy, other than to warp your minds with our penetrating blend of music and conversation. And I thought that my prattle was pernicious. Well, anyhow, thank you once again for joining me. I'm going to play this song because it should take me up to the top of the hour. But even if it doesn't, you'll hear me from another week um, on Rivendell. Thank you for joining me. Uh, please visit me on the Facebook uh, let me know that you're listening. Let me know that you like what I'm doing. If you have any requests or any ideas for any shows that center around the late 60s or the entire decade of the 70s, please let me know. And I will do that thing and I will make that thing happen. I will. Wait a second here. Oh, I know what I did wrong. Okay, hang on a second. Music.
you hear me? I've been talking very loud. You sure are sleeping sound. Your hands are very cold. Is something wrong? There are so many things I meant to say. Streaming live at 1047. Streaming live at WA. This show where we. So, folks, 